Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, April 19th, 2022. Stand up for your country. Well, once again, a federal judge has embarrassed President Biden. So here's what many Americans don't understand and the media does not tell you. In the area of COVID, this is a public health emergency, COVID. Now, it's subsiding in many parts of the country, and even people who are contracting COVID are getting a much lesser case than two years ago. But it is still a public health situation. President of the United States has overall authority there, so he can issue an executive order about COVID, whatever he would want to do. Now, it can be challenged and overturned by the federal courts if he exceeds his power. But in the case now where a federal judge in Florida has ruled that mass mandates are not valid on public transportation, it is Biden she is going after, not the CDC, as the corrupt media is reporting. And that is a subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So you may remember on Wednesday, April 13th, uh, President Biden extended the mask mandate until May 3rd. Originally, it was supposed to get knocked down on April 18th. Well, two Americans, and I applaud them, Anna Carolina Daza and Sarah Pope, sued using the Health Freedom Defense Fund to challenge Mr. Biden's extension of the mask mandate. So this is what I told you about the airlines, about violent crime in your neighborhood. Individual Americans can make a difference. So the case got to Judge Catherine Kimball Mazel in Tampa, Florida, Trump appointed federal judge who ruled that the ongoing mask mandate exceeds the authority granted to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention under federal public health laws and was issued in violation of rulemaking procedures. Basically, Congress did not have anything to do with this, and it should have. Now, again, the CDC doesn't really make law. It carries out law, and this is what Biden wanted, an extension. Now, Biden could sign an executive order saying the extension happens, but he did not do that. He threw it into the science. Remember that? The science, one of the biggest ruses of the Biden administration. So anyway, the mask mandate is knocked down and almost immediately at some airports and on some airlines, masks came off. The the, uh, minute that uh, Judge Mizell made the order, boom, it was out. But not everywhere. Because here in New York, the mayor of New York City can mandate masks. He and he has not taken the order off for the subways and buses. This is Mayor Adams, the new guy. Okay, but in DC, very liberal town, it's a federal jurisdiction. So the masks are off in the DC subway, gone. But the locals can override a federal order by saying, hey, in my area, we got so much COVID that we have to do X, Y, and Z to protect ourselves. So that's where we are. It's kind of chaotic. But this is another example of a federal judge basically embarrassing the president of the United States. Now, you remember that many federal judges tried to do that to Donald Trump. Absolutely. It's the same thing. Um, Try to embarrass him. But it really comes down to what problem 
problems, what problems are being solved by the Biden administration? Now, I'm a simple man. Y'all know that. Okay. <laughs> Give me one. Just one. So a couple of things popping in my head. Inflation. That was caused by Joe Biden attacking the oil industry. There was no inflation under President Trump. Okay. Open borders. That was caused by Joe Biden knocking out Trump's Remain in Mexico policy, which had stemmed mass migration into the USA. So that's two, two huge ones. Inflation and the border caused directly by Joe Biden. Surrendering in Afghanistan in that embarrassing fashion, it's speculation, but it could have very well emboldened Putin and Xi in China and the guy in North Korea, right? Could. I mean, we can't say for sure unless those men come out and say, yeah, I saw Biden's terrible performance in Afghanistan, so I decided to cause trouble. And that's not likely to happen. And finally, allowing American Airlines to mislead their customers on a mass level, causing amazing amount of pain and financial discomfort for millions of Americans. And what does Pete Buttigieg, what is the Biden administration doing about it? Nothing. Zero. So apparently uh, we learned yesterday that the Easter Bunny is now telling President Biden what to do. <laughs> I know it's a cheap shot. I'm sorry. But it wasn't that ridiculous. So Biden's about to answer a question about Pakistan, Afghanistan, Easter, but he goes, nah, 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 come on over here. And there goes Biden right after the Easter Bunny. Now, I don't think it is true that the Easter Bunny has been appointed a national security advisor. I don't believe that's true. But, you know, he had a prominent place yesterday. So what I want you to do is think about this, because I want to be fair. I always want to be fair. If you can think of one problem Joe Biden has solved, since he has been inaugurated, and, and that's coming up now on 16 months, okay? One. Give me one. And you can't say, well, low unemployment, because that was in play before COVID. And now, when everything was shut down and the people are going back to work, of course unemployment's going to be low. Can't, that's not a problem he solved. Give me one problem. Fentanyl, heroin, violent crime, anything, anywhere that he solved. And I will read you a letter on the air. We will discuss it tomorrow. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Name in town if you wish to opine. And that is the memo. So Mr. Biden is off to New Hampshire, the live for your die state today. And he's talking about infrastructure. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, more taxpayer money down the drain. That's got to be a three, four million dollar trip out there. I don't know what we're getting out of it. Yeah, Biden got some money for infrastructure and, you know, feds are spending it. Okay, I I don't see a massive uh, problem solving mechanism there, but that's where he is. Ukraine update, day 55 of the war. Putin is no rush. Putin is now the most famous person in the world, uh, contemporized, okay, and he's enjoying the attention. He doesn't care how many people killed or what. Why, why would he care? He's a psychopath. All right. He's evil. He doesn't care. So it's day 55. And Russia now, they're invading the, reinvading the eastern part of the country, which is what I think is going to happen whenever Putin has to settle this. He'll take, slice off maybe a quarter of Ukraine and say uh, Russia's going to run it just like they're running Crimea. That's what I think is going to happen ultimately, but I don't know. That's a guess. 
Okay, so the Ukrainian officials, you can't believe what the Ukrainian officials say because they're always going to put it uh, in an anti-Putin light, you know. Um, They say that there are no humanitarian corridors for civilians fleeing Ukraine open for the third consecutive day. Maybe that's true. I mean, maybe uh, the Russians are bombing the civilians, but if that were happening, we'd have pictures of it. So I'm not quite sure about that. Now, there's an interesting new podcast that has caught our attention. It's called The President's Daily Brief with a guy named Brian Dean Wright. Okay? So Mr. Wright is a former CIA guy, and he takes a different point of view on many important issues. Here's what he said um, on yesterday, I guess it was, about Ukraine and the USA. Go. Ladies and gentlemen, we are tumbling towards war. Eight months after we just ended and lost another one in Afghanistan. The Pentagon this very morning is talking about new permanent bases throughout Europe. We've talked about that on this show. Joe Biden is sending advanced weaponry and billions of dollars of it to Ukrainian fighters. He's also sending tactical and operational intelligence, which means our spies and satellites are now drawing an X on the forehead of Russian soldiers and effectively pulling the trigger. Very provocative. And joining us now from Arizona is Brian Dean Wright. So I want to walk through this because people may not know um, what your overall point of view is. And I think we have to establish that. Is Putin a villain? Yes. That's a pretty straightforward one. What he is doing in Ukraine is awful. Okay. So in your opinion, he is a villain. Is he a threat to NATO? Yes. That is also true. Okay. Um, If Putin succeeds in Ukraine, and that would mean taking over the government in Kiev, which it doesn't look like he's going to do, That would be a huge victory for Putin and for the totalitarian forces on the planet. Is that your point of view? Uh, That's fair as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So why then would you criticize the United States and NATO for doing everything possible short of a shooting war? All right, because I don't want that. And I've actually said we shouldn't be sending war planes, we the United States, to Ukraine. If Poland wants to do that, fine. But the United yeah. States shouldn't do that. It's a little bit too provocative. Um, that is my opinion. But if we can defeat, we being the United States and NATO, if we can defeat Putin by sending a massive amount of arms to Ukrainian fighters, which so far have performed pretty well, way b- above most expectations, that would be a good thing for the world. But you dissent there. Well, let me add a little bit of context. So first, we have to ask ourselves the question, who's in charge of our war effort? Because that's, in fact, what we're we're in right now. Well, that would be Biden. I'm sorry. I can answer that. That's Biden. He's the commander in chief. He's in charge of the Pentagon. Right. So there are two groups of folks. The Pentagon are actually the war planners. They're the ones who execute whatever it is they propose to the president. And the president says, yes, we ought to do that. The point is the people in the Pentagon who are putting together this war effort, and indeed Joe Biden, are the, par- are the folks who have been part of the 20-year war in Afghanistan that we lost. And we just lost that to a bunch of goat herders. So the question that I have from a just basic fundamental level is, is it smart 
to have the people who just lost our 20-year war be in charge of the one that we're just starting here against Russia, a nuclear-armed state. But I wait think a minute, though. There's no yeah. other choice, all right, because Biden was elected president. He selected and he t- carried Milley over from Trump. Uh, the Pentagon brass, the people who, as you rightly put it, plan military operations. So we don't have a choice there. It's up to it all comes back to Biden. And apparently Biden believes that the Afghanistan exit was excellent. He said it was. Now, no one believes that the Pentagon doesn't even believe it. But again, Biden is the commander in chief. He's got to sign off on all military operations. So I'm not sure that your dissent here, um, you know, I understand if I were the president, I would send advanced weaponry to Ukraine in the hopes that Putin would be partially defeated, embarrassed, humiliated, which he is being now. I would do that. Would I be wrong? So the second piece is this, beyond our own internal capacity, I don't think that we should disregard that that question, but let's move on to the second piece, which is this. What is Putin and his war hawks in Moscow? What are the red lines in terms of what we do that would then offer up a degree of retaliation, right? That's the other question that people in the Pentagon and the CIA and indeed the White House are wrestling with. I believe very, very strongly that when we move from more traditional, more conventional weaponry, which I support sending to Ukraine, because that will bog down Putin, that should be the goal, because that will force him into some degree of diplomatic conversation, especially if we can bring the Chinese on board with that. I think that's how you solve this. When you start moving beyond that, advanced weaponry, tactical intelligence, when we basically are puppeteers of Ukrainian fighters and we are all but pulling the trigger, Now we start tiptoeing up. In fact, we start crossing that red line in Moscow to they say, look, we are not going to respond likely in an asymmetric way, which is just a fancy way of saying cyber attacks, very serious cyber attacks, or they're going to start physically uh, attacking, killing soldiers abroad, personnel abroad, et cetera. So then we as a country should be asking ourselves this question, are we ready for that kind of asymmetric response? Are people ready? Are families ready? Are our communities, our businesses ready? I don't think anybody can answer that, that question. I can't. Look, Americans don't want to oh, shoot war with Russia. Nobody wants that. And as far as a red line is concerned, it's whatever Putin wants the red line to be. Putin can fabricate any kind of uh, scenario he wants, even if we didn't send sophisticated weaponry or didn't give the Ukrainians intel from our drones. Putin could say we did. He could make up anything he wanted to make up. So I don't think you operate out of a sense of fear of Putin and Russia at all. All right. You basically try to give the Ukrainians as much intel and weaponry as you can that the American people would support. And so far, they're supporting our weaponry to them without, you know, a an invasion by the Baltic states or or some crazy thing like that. Because I think if you allow Putin to define the red line, he's going to define it any way he wants. Am I wrong? No, look, he's an old spy. He understands there's a gentleman's game in all of this. He bogged us down in places like Afghanistan. So he knows that we're going to supply some degree of probably conventional weaponry. He knows that. He's going to probably blow it up or try to. He has done that. So there is a a box of behavior, both spoken and unspoken, of how far each side can go. 
So there, it, he, he is a villain, that is no doubt. He is an aggressor, there is no doubt. But I don't think he is absolutely crazy. I don't think that those around him are crazy. I think they are calculated. So All right. I think let that we have to appreciate Let me that. challenge that. All Please. right, Putin's invasion of Ukraine is crazy. All right, he is destroying the economy of his own country. For what? For mm. what? For nothing. Now that's crazy. Okay. Now, is he going to drop a nuke? Is he going to do this? He loves to threaten. But my, I'm, I'm telling you, and I'm, I'm doing with this with uh, all due respect, Mr. Wright, because I, you're a smart guy and you understand how the world works. And you're absolutely right. In a rational world, okay, you could sit down with a Putin, but he's not rational any longer. You can't sit down with this man any longer. There's no upside for Russia doing what Putin did. None. Even if he gets You're, Ukraine, he's a yeah, villain think, I, forever. His economy yeah, is going to be making, damaged forever. Go yeah. ahead. Look, Bill, I, I hear your point, and, and I understand the argument, but we're making an assumption there with that argument, and that is he's an irrational actor. So unless I see high-confidence intelligence that tells me that's true, I'm going to assume that there is still a degree of rationality both inside the Kremlin. Do you think it was rational Kremlin. for him to invade Ukraine? Is that a rational act of a responsible I, I leader? From what I'm hearing from people, he was told and he understood that he would have a very different outcome. Kiev would fall within the first week and people would embrace him with open arms. All right. That's so after, after he gets his ass kicked for the first month, then he says, well, let's try to negotiate a settlement. He's not doing that. Uh, well, that the question remains, how long can he fight? Uh, he's got 60,000 troops that he's ordered up. So it he shows that forever. he has a degree. I'm sorry. He can fight forever. He got look, he doesn't care about his military how many people get killed you can fight That's forever true. they get the biggest standing army outside of china and the united states on earth but let's go to china now all right so a lot of this is about the chinese who are watching how the united states and nato protect ukraine what they do in ukraine and i'll submit to you and i could be wrong that china and taiwan that's a setback right now because china goes do we really want all these economic sanctions and our, our army and Navy having to fight and, and take huge losses because Taiwanese are going to fight. It's not going to be Hong Kong. They're going to fight and they're well armed and the United States will be compelled to help them fight there. So I think what, what the Putin situation reflects on is what could happen in Taiwan. Have you factored that in? Absolutely. But I think President Xi of China is much, much different than President Putin of Russia. They have two different personalities. They have two different sets of intelligence. and They have two different sets of goals. So Taiwan for China is absolutely a key part of its reunification. It's, it's recapturing of Chinese glory. But they are much more patient, much more patient. They are willing to take decades and decades to get there. So I do hear your point that they are watching this very closely. They're seeing how the West has become united. But they're also seeing how, how countries like Saudi Arabia, UAE, South Africa, Brazil, all still back Russia, even after all these sanctions. Indeed, India is buying massive amounts of Russian oil. So what? That speak. doesn't matter, though. The economic sanctions are crippling the Russian economy. Yeah. And because Chinese economy is an export-based economy, yeah. Brazil ain't going to help them out. Once the United States shuts down buying products from China and Australia and Great Britain and Canada and all of Europe do so as well. She's got a world of hurt. And that's what's holding him back. So he's watching how bad Putin's going to be 
hurt. I'll give you the last word. Look, I think that what China does absolutely is being colored by what's happening in Ukraine. At the end of the day, I think you're starting to see a profound change in the world from the West being in charge of it to very clearly Beijing and to a much lesser degree Russia are starting to reshape what we do and how we think. So if we believe that the United States and the West are really driving the world's economy and always will, I think we're starting to see a huge change there. And our assumptions of what China or Moscow will do, I think that that, that is flawed, frankly. And we're going to be learning some painful lessons because of that. All right. But U.S. intel was good in the run-up to Ukraine, I think. The CIA and the NSA, they nailed it. That I no. didn't think Putin would do it. I didn't think he'd no. be this crazy to do it. But the U.S. intel seems to be pretty good. Would you agree? No. Uh, if you recall, Joe Biden said to President Zelensky that he should effectively step down and he should leave. From people I've talked to within the community, they did not think, uh, A, that, that uh, Putin would do it, right? So, in fact, he did do it. Uh, we released a bunch of intelligence, very low quality. Turns out all those were, were what we would call rumors or guesses. It was just largely gossip. So the intel community got it wrong. But I will say in their defense, Putin threw out the playbook. Uh, they, they went against a lot of, of their own internal uh, you know, more, uh, ways of, of fighting. So they assumed that they would be welcomed as liberators. Uh, so in other words, the U.S. intelligence community thought that the Russians would do as they have done in the past. They didn't. And my goodness, the Russians blew it completely. And thank God for that. Yeah, and I hope we can accelerate it. Mr. Wright, thanks very much. Uh, the podcast is a President's Daily Brief. Where can people find it? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of that? On all of them. Okay. And we'll talk again, I hope. Thanks for taking the time. You bet. Thank you. Okay. Illegal immigration is uh, new stats yesterday. And every week I'm reporting record highs. Again, Biden. This is Biden. Nobody else. Not Congress. It's not U.S. Intel. It's not Homeland Security. It's Biden. And you say he hasn't even been to the border. Okay. So there's a poll. Gallup. 1,017 adults, Republicans 28, Independents 40, Democrats 30. Um, 41% say they worry a great deal about illegal immigration. 23% say they don't worry at all about it. Okay, so it's an 18% plurality. Uh, Democrats 18% say they worry a great deal. 44% of Democrats, if you can believe this, 44% of Democrats don't worry about illegal immigration at all. Shocking. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes? and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part, this spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get a extra 15% off by using promo code Bill at checkout. So please go to fastgrowingtrees.com. Use promo code Bill at checkout. Okay, so 
latest stats from the Border Patrol just out yesterday in March. Okay, 160,000 encounters with illegal immigrants on the southern border, 37 percent increase from February. 37 percent, one month up. Okay, in total, 221,000 encounters because some of those people in the 160,000 came back twice, three times. All right. They said they boot them back. Then they come back. It's like boom, 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 boom. Of course, we're paying for all this. All right. Um, More than 76 percent of those trying to sneak in here in uh, March were single adults. So the family kid thing, that looks like it's over. Thirty three percent increase from February. And uh, in March encounters, 50 percent were processed for expulsion under Title 42, which goes away in May. That's. Because you come from a place with COVID, Mexico, you can go right back to Mexico. Biden's knocking it out for no reason. There is a revolution within his own party in the Senate against Biden knocking out Title 42. I will predict he will rethink that, change his mind, because his own party is starting to rebel, even though half the party doesn't even care. It's amazing. Now, in England, the UK, they have come up with... Where do you hear this? And none of this is reported. I know you haven't heard any of this. So Boris Johnson just signed an order that would expel all asylum seekers who show up on British soil because a lot of them come across the North Sea. Some of them sneak in through the channel other ways. But if the British authorities catch you, you according to Johnson, should be deported immediately, even if you're asking for asylum, to Rwanda, the African country of Rwanda. This is amazing. So Boris says we're going to send Rwanda $158 million to expedite this program. That's a bribe. They're giving Rwanda a desperately poor country, little country. Okay, they're famous for the massacre there and all of that, but they don't have any money. So now they're going to get one hundred and fifty eight million from the British government to take. All the migrants trying to get into Britain. Now, the English are going to have to fly them to Rwanda. That's going to cost money. So why is Boris doing this? Because once word gets out among the migrants that if they catch you, trying to sneak into Great Britain, you're going to Rwanda, whether you like it or not, then it's going to stop. But Parliament has not passed it. The House of Lords expected to vote uh, today, and we'll have results tomorrow. Okay, House of Lords doesn't mean anything. It's the House of Commons that's the big power there. And they, uh, they have not set a vote. But I'm just telling you this story because... It's not just the United States under siege. All the developed nations, all the nations that have money and jobs, just millions of people are trying to get in there because Africa and the Middle East, they're devastated. Mexico, Central America, you know, I don't blame those people. They have nothing. But we can't take them. Somebody tell Pope Francis. Italy, Italy's under siege. 
But anyway, that's a pretty extreme thing. It'll be interesting to see if that passes the British Parliament. Now, here's another story I wasn't reported. I'm shocked. So in Alexandria, Virginia, an ISIS terrorist named Shafi el-Sheikh, better known as Jihadi John, British subject, was convicted of eight counts of murder this week. And he'll be sentenced in August by a U.S. court. Now, why is he tried here? He killed four Americans. James Foley of New England, Stephen Sotloff, Peter Kassig, and Kayla Muller. Okay, and Kayla is a centerpiece of my book, Killing the Killers, which will be out in two weeks. Now, all four Americans were killed by this heinous Shafi el-Sheikh Jihadi John. So he's captured and they deport him back to America. They send him to, not deport him, they send him to America because he killed these four. Now I tell you their stories in Killing the Killers, what this guy and his ISIS pals did to them. You're not going to believe it because it's never been told before. And we had the cooperation of the Mueller family. Um, it, it, it is staggering. It's the heart of the book. And I really hope you take this book seriously. Um, you can pre-order it now everywhere you know the drill. So this guy, uh, Shafi el-Sheikh, is going to get life imprisonment without parole. He's going to be sent to a federal penitentiary where he will not be let out of his cell because they'll kill him, the other inmates. If Whitey Bulger got his throat cut, you know, what do you think is going to happen to Jihadi John? So this guy in a cell the rest of his life. Good. Boston University, my alma mater, I have a master's degree in broadcast journalism from the School of Communications there. So for some unknown reason, uh, they hired Ibram Kendi to be a professor, and he earns about $160,000 a year spouting anti-white rhetoric. Very proud of Boston University for that. The guy's a racist. Everybody knows it. All he wants to do is denigrate white people. So in the Atlantic magazine, which is in business to denigrate white people, that's what they do. Uh, here's what Kendi says. Put it up on a screen. Quote, the Republican Party is not the party of parents raising white kids. The Republican Party is not the party of parents raising girls, raising trans kids, raising kids of color, raising queer kids, raising poor kids, raising immigrant kids. Republican Party is making it harder for all those kids to learn about themselves and their histories. Republican Party is stripping parents and educators of the collective ability to protect vulnerable children from being indoctrinated or victimized by the scourge of white supremacy. And he goes on to say that the Republican Party is the party of white supremacy. So that means everybody in the Republican Party, according to Kendi, is an enabler of white supremacy or white supremacist yourself. Now, this kind of racist garbage BU is spending $160,000 on, and I get little donation things sent to me. Now, BU has been good to me. I'm an honored alumni there. They have been good to me over the years, and I have been good to them. I support the Daily Free Press, the student newspaper, but now I'm going, what the deuce is going on here? You're going to bring in a Klan member now? Is that what you're going to do to say all black people in the, in the uh, uh, Democratic Party are, are bad? Is that, is that what we're going to have next? 
I mean, it's really disturbing if you look at it objectively, and I am. So there is a university in Ohio, okay, Shawnee State, I believe it is. All right, yeah, Shawnee State University. So there was a professor there. His name is Nick Merriweather. We reported this story last year. And uh, a male in his class raised his hand, and the Mr. Professor Merriweather said, yes, sir. Yes, sir, as you would say to a respectful male in your class. I've said it thousands of times when I was teaching. Yes, sir. A guy that student goes up afterward and demands to be addressed with a feminine title. Okay, so Professor Merriweather says, look, tell me what you want to call you, and I'll call you that. Give me a name, whatever. But, you know, I'm a Christian, and I'm not going to, you know, knock my belief system to give you a pronoun. All right. So the college, Shawnee State, says that Merriweather, all right, would face corrective action. So Merriweather sued. He won. He won this week $400,000 in damages. Okay. Good. Now, the reason this happened is because Merriweather sued. Again, another example of an American doing that. And the Alliance Defending Freedom Fund in Arizona helped him out. We need more of these lawyers to help. And he won $400,000 in damages. Good for him. Okay, here's a crazy story. UK, there's an outfit called Spirit Shack. They sell Ouija boards and all of those. So they, they say you can contact the dead. Got it. They have an uh, Internet thing. Thousand UK residents. They ask about the afterlife. <laughs> this is unbelievable. So 50% of those who answered believe in an afterlife. All right. 55% say they're going to heaven. 58% worry they could end up in hell. That's more than 100%, but it, who's counting, right? 68% have no fear of what comes after they die. 69% would rather live another life than have anything in the afterlife. All right. Here's the next. Um, 25% of the people who believe in an afterlife believe in heaven or hell. I don't know what the other, I guess you wander around in a spiritual realm, whatever that may be. 16% believe in reincarnation. You come back as, I don't know, uh, Joe Biden? I, I don't know. 40% believe they'll reunite with their pets in the afterlife. So, you know, I guess they're going to be buried with dog food. I'm not sure. Anyway, I thought you'd like to know that. Um, afterlife? Most Americans believe in an afterlife. I do. Stay in history, April 19th, uh, 1995. Oklahoma City bombing 27 years ago. You know the drill. Timothy McVeigh parked a truck full of explosives, blew up the Murrah building, um, killed 168 people, uh, sentenced to death. McVeigh was executed, uh, first execution by the federal government since 1963. His cohort, Terry Nichols, found guilty of Eight counts of involuntary manslaughter and conspiracy, sentenced to life in prison without parole. Now, all of that happened, that Oklahoma City bombing in 1995, because of David Koresh and the siege at Waco two years earlier. So if you really want to know the big picture, so right-wing militia crews were so angered that the government, the federal government, went in and took out Koresh and I think 68 of his followers, something like that, that they planned this Oklahoma City thing. But memories dim, and I wanted to bring you this day in history 27 years ago. 
All right, big mail segment and a final thought on Corgi races. You got to see this video. We'll be right back. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's go to the message board on BillOReilly.com and read Bart's missive. O'Reilly, you're right again. Apathy is as deadly to America's survival as any crime spree. That is off yesterday's message of the day when I'm lamenting that people, look, 20 years ago, I could rally people to do the right thing. Now, harder, much, much harder in this country to do that because we're all lost in space. We're lost in cyberspace. This takes away all of our concentration. And many people are not going to get involved no matter how bad it is. Jerry, I agree with you, Bill, 100%. Everybody wants to do something as long as they don't have to do it. If we all stood together and stopped paying income tax, for example, then the government would have to pay attention. Well, if we all did that, we'd be in jail. So don't do that. But you can't speak up. Well, you got to pay your tax. Robert, there may be another factor contributing to Americans not protesting the rise of crime, and that is fear. Of course. Of course. I'm going to be attacked um, by taking on the airline industry. I'm just waiting for it. I know it's coming. Uh, David Baird, Holly Springs, North Carolina. Bill, you're missing the point completely on Kirill in Russia. If we were to come out against the war, Putin would declare him crazy and he pushed to the sidelines. That's not what priests are supposed to do. You do the right thing. You don't worry about your career. Come on. David, yes, Biden announced renewed oil leasing on public lands, but he raised the royalties to 50 percent. Of course, he had to do that for the global warming crew. Uh, John Kim, Los Angeles. Bill, what do you think the impact of no voter ID and mass mailing and ballots will have on the midterm elections? Some states have reformed, some states haven't. But I think it's going to be a tidal wave against the Democrats, and I don't think that 
going to matter. Not going to be tight like it was Trump-Biden. Walter Fanchier, Irving, Texas. What a travesty from the president and vice president. I give 10% of my money to the church and 1.5% to other charities. Also, I'm taxed about the same rate as Biden. Look, both Biden and Harris didn't give any money to charity, so to speak. Okay? You, you make the call. Wayne Rumble, Asheville, North Carolina, in the midst of our travel disaster, perhaps a bit of levity is appropriate. All right, Wayne. You did not mention anything about your return trip from Turks Caicos. Did you swim home? I charted home. I spent the extra money to stay out of that horror on the airlines. Kevin Martin, Draycott, Massachusetts. My wife and I decided to rent Killing Jesus, the movie during Holy Week. I was surprised that there was a reference to Jesus as a carpenter. You know, I didn't write the script, but I supervised it and I didn't catch that. They might have changed it while I was shooting in Morocco. I mean, folklore says he was a carpenter. And the people making the movie, I'm not sure they're dialed in to the actual book, but good pickup. Okay, two weeks from now, Killing the Killers, as I mentioned, is out. Pre-order on BillOReilly.com. We'll like you, number one. We'll send you a uh, Regret Your 2020 Vote Yet sticker-free, number two. Mom and Dad's Day is coming up. You uh, give them a premium membership for BillOReilly.com. You get a free book. You can give the book to them, or you can keep it. Um, I'm, I'm looking out for you in the money sense here. You can save a lot of money by buying our mugs and our stuff on BillOReilly.com. Give it to Mom and Dad. They'll like it, and we give you free stuff. Come on. Word of the day, do not be Saturnine, S-A-T-U-R-N-I-N-E, the planet Saturn, uh, coasted after Saturnine, a Roman word. All right, back with the final thought in a moment. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, final thought of the day. Roll that tape. ESPN2 last night re-ran... The 2021 Corgi Races is held in Auburn, Washington. Look at those Corgis. Look at them. Holly the Terror Dog was stunned and shocked. She felt that they were being exploited, <laughs> even though I exploit Holly on BillOReilly.com. These Corgis uh, ran around, and this is according to DailyPause.com. Angus the Corgi won the race. Now, corgis are the cutest dogs in the world, but before you run out, number one, they're not easy to get in the United States, purebred. They're all over whales. That's where they come from. But here it's hard. I had to go to Georgia to get Holly the Terror Dog. 
And I think she resents it to this day that she's not down there. But anyway, uh, they're very nice dogs. But they shed. So along with buying a corgi, you have to buy a giant vacuum cleaner and follow the dog around. I have never in my life, and nobody told me. My kids wanted a corgi. So, all right, I don't know corgis. I don't know they're shedding. I mean, if, if I didn't vacuum religiously, we couldn't breathe in this house. But they are adorable dogs. There's no doubt about it. And I, when I saw that corgi race last night, I, hey, Holly, come on, watch this. Holly, nope, not watching my brethren be exploited. Anyway, thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News this evening. Tomorrow, Bernie Goldberg. Can the American media ever come back? We'll see what Bernie thinks, and we'll see you tomorrow.